Florence thus had much to think about that morning, as she sat in her parlour watching distractedly the snow settle, hearing it dislodge every so often from gutter or branch with a soft thump. As the silence in the house thickened, she was making up her mind whether to abandon caution. Shaking herself then out of the reverie into which she had fallen, she rose from her chair, deliberately picked up the letter addressed to her mother, and made for the hall. It was a quarter to ten in the morning. She would go to the post office herself. Collecting her cape and bonnet, she stooped to remove her soft slippers, before pushing her small feet into stout outdoor boots. Then, pulling the door closed, she stepped down onto the driveway, walked through the gate, turned left, and skirting the ice-edged puddles while bending her shoulders slightly into the sharp wind, arrived at the junction of Riversdale and Aigberth Roads. She had no intention of simply asking for a stamp that would get her letter to France. Conditioned by the example of her mother and her taste in romantic novels to believe that personal fulfilment came in the form of a handsome man, Florence had determined to break free of the constrictions of her married life. When she reached the post office counter, she therefore handed a message to the clerk and paid for it to be cabled to Flatman's Hotel in London's West End. Her wire inquired, on behalf of her sister-in-law, Mrs. Thomas Maybrick, whether a bedroom and sitting room would be available for a week from Thursday the 21st of March five days hence. Turning on her heel, heart fluttering, Florence then flounced back through the door. A storm was rising. The wire had been sent, and as she waited at Battlecrease for a response, every door sent banging by the wind and every creak of the boards made her start. Each branch that snapped outside set up expectations of footfall on the drive and the telegraph boy's knock. All her calculation, all her will, were harnessed to the affectation of indifference during luncheon and the remainder of Saturday afternoon. James perused the newspapers from an armchair in his study. Gladys toddled around after her older brother, both trying to evade the strictures of Nurse Yap's supervision. The cook and the maids kept to the warmth of the kitchen. Florence tried uselessly to concentrate on a novel, If her husband passed by the morning room, throwing out the occasional question, she answered him gently. Distractedly, she rearranged the cushions, then she stared out the window. At length, the hotel wired that rooms were available, but a letter of confirmation did not arrive on its heels, as Florence had expected. Throughout Sunday, she fretted. Then, as soon as James left for his office on Monday morning, she wrote to them at greater length. Mr. Flatman's eventual fuller answer then set in train a flurry of animated organization. On Wednesday, Florence wrote again to announce that her sister-in-law was planning to arrive the following afternoon at around four o'clock. She was at pains to be absolutely clear. Mrs. Maybrick hopes she has not confused Mr. Flatman by writing for her sister, as his letter gives her the impression that he expects both herself and Mrs. T. Maybrick, whereas it is only the lady and her husband who are coming to town. 
She did not intend, of course, for the Thomas Maybricks to enjoy those rooms. Telling James that her godmother required nursing, relying on the likelihood that he would not object, she planned instead to set off for London by the morning express on Thursday the 21st. At the last minute, though, there was a hitch. As she finalised the details of her packing, another letter arrived from the hotel. The rooms would not, after all, be free until Friday. It was too late to change her plans. Rushing off a note, Florence advised Flatman that her relatives would spend a night with friends in town before checking in on Friday afternoon. It complicated things, but she was determined. Thinking ahead, she penned instructions for the hotel to prepare a private dinner for Friday evening. Consisting, say, of soup, fish...